Time to get back to work. Now let's make it shake, honey. Grab a fork, ladies. Jambalaya is served. And we're getting a bit euphoric. So, Rue, the $64,000 question is, what's in the suitcase? I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch this weekend, Friday, January 7th through Sunday, January 9th. We are counting down the weekend's top five must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Peter Bogdanovich, the Oscar-nominated writer and director of iconic films including The Last Picture Show, What's Up Doc, and Paper Moon, has died. He was 82. His daughter Antonia confirmed to the Associated Press that Bogdanovich died early Thursday morning at his home in Los Angeles of natural causes. The highly prolific director and film writer had a long and storied career that also included the films Daisy Miller, At Long Last Love, They All Laughed, Nickelodeon, St. Jack, Mask, and Targets. Ariana DeBose is going from the West Side to 30 Rock. NBC has announced that the West Side Story actress will make her Saturday Night Live debut on January 15th, hosting the show's first episode of 2022. She will be joined by first-time musical guest Roddy Rich. Tom Holland has been talking about his desire to play James Bond for a while now, and it turns out that the 25-year-old British actor went as far as to pitch a Bond movie, though it didn't end up happening. In an interview with Total Film, Holland said he pitched a 007 film around the time of his second Spider-Man movie, saying, quote, It was the origin story of James Bond. It didn't really make sense. It didn't work. It was the dream of a young kid, and I don't think the Bond estate were particularly interested. The good news is that those conversations led him to Uncharted, the movie adaptation of the popular video game series that stars Holland as treasure hunter Nathan Drake opposite Mark Wahlberg. That movie is currently slated to hit theaters next month. Another late-night show host has encountered a COVID-induced hiccup. The late-late show host James Corden revealed in a social media post that he has tested positive for the virus but is feeling, quote, completely fine, thanks to being fully vaccinated and boosted. Nevertheless, in keeping with safety protocols, the host confirmed that his CBS Late Night Show will be off the air for the next few days. And today, host Hoda Kotb is also isolating at home after testing positive for COVID, confirming the news in a tweet on Thursday. According to her co-host Jenna Bush Hager, Kotb is, quote, doing totally fine. For more on these stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head on over to EW.com. Now, time to congregate this weekend's picks, starting with number five, The Righteous Gemstones. Danny McBride's comedy about a world-famous televangelist family is finally blessing us with a second season as the gemstones find themselves threatened by enemies from both the past and present. Those include a big city reporter, played by Jason Schwartzman, writing a story on the family, as well as figures from Patriarch Eli's mysterious past, which will be explored in depth throughout the season. All that, plus Eric Andre as a megachurch pastor? Gotta say, this show really is a gem. Here's a preview. Jesse and I are blessed to be teaming up with Lyle and Lindy Listens on a new business venture. Zion's Landing. It's a Christian timeshare resort on the sunny beaches of Florida. We got to align ourselves with the best. I mean, only pure thoroughbreds. That's exactly how we see y'all, too. We do. Powerful, 
Christian horses type folks. This is Junior, friend of mine from Memphis. Who's this hot piece of tail? That's my daughter, Judy. Oh, excuse me. And uh, this one of her girlfriends? Well, I'm not a lesbian partner. I'm her husband, BJ. No, BJ, he's big dicking you. As McBride teased to EW, this season really is bigger, nastier, and crazier. But it's just as hilarious as the first go-around. In fact, the premiere provided us with our soundbite of the week. We are introducing a streaming platform where you can access Christian programming 24-7, unlimited, whenever you need it. We call this service G-O-D-D, Gemstones on Digital Demand. Yes. With the launch of G-O-D-D, the Gemstones have officially entered the streaming wars. Available on smart TVs, Roku, Android and Apple devices. Son, you speaking robot? <laughs> Can we get that in English for us older folks? Uh, Daddy, I think what he's trying to say is you can watch it just about anywhere. And it is time to finally stop the constant flood of filth and propaganda coming out of Hollywood. Amen. And they're going to fill the airwaves 24-7 with that garbage? We're going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know what, though? Not sure we'll be subscribing to that one. You can catch the full season premiere of The Righteous Gemstones Sunday at 10 p.m. on HBO. Still on the hunt for what to watch this weekend? Well, look no further. Our number four pick is Search Party. The HBO Max dark comedy is returning for its fifth and final season. Dory, played by Alia Shawkat, is recovering from a near-death experience and has now gained a clearer consciousness, leading her to start a cult. An energetic billionaire, played by Jeff Goldblum, tries to make Dory's enlightenment turn a profit, and equally excited disciples begin to follow. Her friends Elliot, Portia, and Drew are grappling with the complications of supporting Dory and overcoming the traumatic experiences they've all gone through together. Sounds dark? Well, don't worry. There is still plenty of classic search party millennial humor to go around. Here's a preview. I'm with you. Me too. Let's do this. (laughs) This is a revolution. You sound crazy. I'm devoted. Mm Mm-hmm. Things are going to get rocky. They might try to stop us. What you believe is not reality. But they can never take away our light. Let the sun shine in and watch the final season of Search Party. All 10 episodes are streaming now on HBO Max. Also returning this weekend is Fox's Call Me Cat with former Big Bang Theory star and current Jeopardy co-host Mayan Bialik. With that coming up, we recently called up Bialik to ask a very important question. What you watching? I, like so many other people, I am glued to succession. And it's been like so incredible to continue to get into this show more and more with every season, every episode. But no spoilers, I really do think that season three is the best season so far. And just these relationships and the performances, it is just an unbelievable show. And I so rarely will watch a show where I am waiting for the episodes to drop. And 
This one, I just cannot get enough of it. The last time I felt this deeply about a show was Six Feet Under, which is like a million years ago. So, Succession, I am in. So are we. If you haven't hopped on the Succession bandwagon yet, you can catch up on the recently concluded third season, as well as the first two on HBO Max. And you can see Bialik in the season premiere of Call Me Cat, Sunday at 8 p.m. on Fox. Now it's time to pour out our number three pick for this weekend, The Tender Bar. Directed by George Clooney and based on J.R. Moringer's best-selling memoir, the movie follows a young J.R., played by Ty Sheridan, growing up in the glow of a bar tended by his uncle Charlie, played by Ben Affleck. Charlie, along with a colorful assortment of bar patrons, serve as father figure for J.R., who's being raised by a single mother and help nurture his aspirations of becoming a writer. As the boy becomes a young man pursuing his romantic and professional dreams, he keeps one foot persistently placed in Uncle Charlie's bar. Good news, as Affleck's warm and charming performance is possibly this cocktail's best ingredient. Here's a bit of the trailer. Okay, two rules. Queen of Corona. I'm never gonna let you win. And I'm gonna always tell you the truth. Your father is deadbeat. I'll take care of you. Teach you the male sciences. I saw you in the yard playing sports. You're not very good. Find some other activities. I like to read. You read enough of those? Maybe. You could become a writer. One more thing, very important. Never hit a woman. Even if she stabs you with scissors. Got it. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Got an announcement. Today my nephew is officially a man. Well, Affleck is garnering lots of awards buzz for his turn here. Stay tuned to EW.com for a lot more on that. In the meantime, you can stream The Tinder Bar on Amazon Prime Video right now. It's trivia time, and we've got a little surprise for today's question. As one of the hosts of Jeopardy, we thought it was only fair to let Maya Bialik get in on the trivia game around here. So we turn back to her. Take it away, Maya. Thanks, Jared. All right, folks, here we go. The Tender Bar director, George Clooney, has been nominated for Oscars in six different categories, a record he shares with what Best Director winner? Steven Soderbergh, Alfonso Cuarón, or Robert Redford? Thank you very much, Mayim. And folks, stick around for that answer along with our top two picks. What to watch? We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. One week of TV and movies down in 2022, many more to go. Screen After Reading host and EW Senior Editor Saya Rankin returns to tease which book adaptations are earning the most excitement this year. Hey, Saya, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? 
Good things. So happy that it's the weekend. And, uh, you know, it's a great time to start reading some of these books if folks have not, because some adaptations are coming up that a lot of people are very excited about. Um, I, I know you are having brief conversations uh, that we have over Slack and stuff. So uh, there are a few we want to get to today. Let's start with conversations with friends. Sally Rooney. People mm. love yes. Sally. She's such a good writer. Tell me about this one. Yeah. So we're going to start with what the one that I think most people are the most excited for. And I think this the most special thing about this adaptation well one this is her first novel um so normal people was so far her most popular novel but her debut um conversations with friends they are going to bring back the exact same creative team so sally rooney is consulting but lenny abramson who directed on normal on normal people and alice birch who was a writer on normal people they'll both be coming back to help bring conversations with friends to life um and this story if no one has read it um you definitely should. It's such a quick, easy, and amazing read. Um, but it's about two college students who kind of meet this older, creative couple and get very like intimately involved with their personal lives. Um, I won't spoil too much. Um, but this one, we've got a really awesome cast. Um, it's going to star Joe Alwyn, aka, are we calling him Mr. Taylor Swift? Is that is that a fair <laughs> sure, why thing not? to say? Um, <laughs> he'll be playing Nick. If anyone remembers Nick, Nick is kind of the is the um, husband of the older creative couple. And Jemima Kirk is going to be playing Melissa, who is Nick's wife. And then Sasha Lane is playing Bobby. And there's a newcomer named Allison Oliver, who's going to be playing Francis. Francis is the protagonist uh, of Conversations with Friends. And this one, they're done filming. They've been filming it kind of over the past six months on and off. Um, and it's slated to come out this year. It doesn't have a solid release date yet, but we at least know that they got through the episode they are made and they will be making their way to the screen. And I think we can expect like really similar vibes to what we got with normal people. Um, but I think it's going to be a little bit more R-rated, a little bit more adult. Mm. You know, we're we're at oh. college students and, and above now instead of high school students. So it's I think it's all that's going to yeah. be turned up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there was already some R-rated content in Normal People. But uh, I mean, look, if if Conversations with Friends is, I think, half as good as Normal People, it will still be a fantastic uh, series that, that people will really enjoy. Um, let's move on to the next one, Daisy Jones and the Six. This is not a very old um, book, just a couple years old from Taylor Jenkins Reid. I know they've been filming around L.A. Tell everyone about this one. Yeah, and this one has, but this one, it feels like it's been a really, really long time coming. This was one of the uh, Reese Witherspoon book club picks, like way back in the day when her book club was kind of brand new. And it shot to the top of all of the bestseller charts. And I mean, Taylor Jenkins Reid has had another book come out since then and was adapt. This was one of Reese Witherspoon's. I think we talked about this in a previous episode where she kind of knows she's going to option a book right from the very beginning and gets in on promoting it and all of that. Um, and it's finally going to be coming out. It's going to be an Amazon Prime series, miniseries, I guess. And uh, Riley Keough from If We All Saw Zola and loved that. Yeah. She'll be playing Miss Daisy Jones. And Sam Claflin um, is going to be joining her as well. And so is Suki Waterhouse. Um, those are kind of the three mm -hmm. big names. And that one, it doesn't have a release date either, but I think people, this is another one that there's a huge, huge fan base for mm -hmm. the novel. And I think people, even if you haven't read it, you at least have heard of the novel, you're aware of it. So I expect this one to be super popular. 
Yep, can't agree with you more. Uh, another one we want to talk about, real life. Uh, this one uh, was up for like the, the Man Booker Prize. Uh, Kid Cudi is starring in and producing this one, correct? Real life. Yes. And real life, this is an um, EW favorite. And it definitely didn't, you know, it didn't sell in the same way the conversations with friends or Daisy Jones and the Six did. But like you said, it was a really, really like critically acclaimed novel. It's Brandon Taylor's first novel. He's since written another collection of short stories that was really popular this past summer. Um, and what's interesting about this one, not only that Kid Cudi um, is the one who decided to adapt it and star in it, but Brandon is actually working. He worked on the script um, the first go around, which I believe, and I know this because I follow him on Instagram, he turned in um, about a month ago. So I think that's something that makes it really special. A lot of times with these books, the authors by choice or just because of the way the deal works out aren't very involved in it. And that can kind of, it can be really good or really bad. You know, it, it just allows the the film team to take it in their own direction. But I really love seeing um, when the author works on it as well, because they really kind of keep the most important things of the book very true to the book. And I think that Brandon is really going to do that um, with the adaptation. So I'm really excited to see. And this one, again, is undated um, because they're just in the script portion, but I'm excited about it. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and you just mentioned, uh, you know, Riley, uh, Riley Keough and Zola a second ago. Um, the writer of that movie, Jeremy O'Harris, is co-writing this last one we want to talk about, The Vanishing Half, uh, which is from Britt Bennett. This one I've seen so many people talking about on social media. So if folks aren't familiar, fill everyone in on this one, too. Yeah. Britt Bennett is really, really killing it lately. This is mm -hmm. The Vanishing Half was actually her second book. And if anyone, you know, is into The Vanishing Vanishing Half and has been intrigued. I also really recommend going back and reading her first book, The Mothers. It's just wonderful. But she um, won, actually, her adaptation rights went to HBO. And it was one of those really big, really big deals where a bunch of studios are all kind of competing. And I believe it went to an auction. She got a reported seven figures just to sell off the rights to make this book. Uh, and then you, yeah, really, I really love seeing authors, like, honestly, they should be getting paid as much as everybody else. They're doing, yeah. they're doing all the same work. I love to see an author get a big paycheck. But I think especially having Jeremy O'Harris uh, work on the adaptation here is going to be really, he's really hot right now too with screenwriting. I know mm -hmm. I'm sure everyone just got done uh, watching season two of Emily in Paris. So they're going to start to be familiar with his on-screen work. Of course, mm -hmm. his uh, Broadway show Slave Play was unbelievable. Yeah. And so to see what he's going to do with it, I think it's going to be it. The book itself, I think was, was really wonderful. And I think that Jeremy O'Harris is going to kind of take it to like an edgier place maybe than the actual novel yeah. was. And I think that'll be really awesome. Yes. I love that. I can't wait for that. Well, for special looks inside the journey to the screen for these books, check out EW's upcoming screen after reading podcast premiering this spring. Saya, it has been great having you on what to watch this week. Thanks so much. You're welcome, Jaren. Now it's time to reveal our number two pick, the season two premiere of Euphoria. Did you think it was going to be something else? Well, anyway, this radical HBO show is finally making its return along with its cast of beloved characters more than two years after the first season finale. 
Still reeling from the events of that first season, the unhinged high schoolers of East Highland are searching for themselves yet again through drugs, partying, and relationships. Meanwhile, Rue, played by the Emmy-winning Zendaya, is navigating life after her relapse and a new love triangle involving her season one girlfriend, Jules, played by Hunter Schaefer, and newcomer, Elliot, played by Dominic Fike. Showrunner Sam Levinson says this season will be, quote, brutal. And we believe it. Here's a preview. I came up with an amazing plan. And what would that be, Rue? So are you all ready to do some business? Why can't I shake the feeling that there's something you're not telling me? You're like a relationship kind of girl, right? You guys can all judge me if you want, but I do not care. I have never, ever been happier. Well, it may have been two years, but Euphoria hasn't gotten any less intense. As for that love triangle, here is Zendaya on where things stand for Rue and Jules at the start of the new season. Rue and Jules have never been on the same page, but they are on the same page. You know, it's very evident that they love and care for each other deeply, but whether they know how to express that at the right time is just like lost on both of them. And I think, you know, heading into to season too, it's pretty, it's pretty murky, you know, they don't really know what's going on. And I think Rue's kind of trying to avoid having to, (laughs) to interact with her just out of sheer anxiety. Um, And, you know, uh, eventually they, uh, they, I think she just gets to a point where uh, she just kind of says F it, you know, And, and, and unfortunately, that point is only able to happen when she's high, you know, Rue is unable to, or feels that she is unable to communicate her true feelings and her love for, for Jules without that help. Well, that is certainly going to make for some heavy viewing, but Euphoria viewers know what they're getting into at this point. Season two premieres Sunday at 9 p.m. on HBO. And now let's rev up our number one pick, the season premiere of RuPaul's Drag Race. The franchise's flagship series is back with what might be its most exciting premiere in years, featuring old-fashioned shade, vintage challenges, namely the time-tested talent show, and even a rare RuPaul lip-sync performance. Meanwhile, 14 new queens arrive to keep things fresh and exciting with their diverse approaches to the craft, proving that Drag Race can still surprise over a decade into its run. This season, we'll also see guest judges including Lizzo, Alicia Keys, and Taraji P. Henson, a virtual appearance by Jennifer Lopez, finally, and a game-changing twist involving a mysterious chocolate bar. Remember what we said about those surprises? Well, here's a preview. Girl, hand me that wig. Who will overcome high stakes emotion? Now you really want to get personal, bitch. I want to give the drama. <laughs> Somebody's not gonna come get her, please. And for the first time in her story, a mouthwatering twist could make a queen's wish come true. 14 RuPaul candy bars, but only one bar could save your padded ass. When they open up that box of chocolate, it ain't gonna be what they thought it was. Full wild card situation. It is severe up in here. Figure looking good. Oh, how sweet it is to be kicking off another drag race season. The Queens recently sat down with EW's drag race expert, Joey Nolfi, to chat about season 14 and what makes this one different from past seasons. 
I think first and foremost, we fully support each other since day one. We were fully a sisterhood right from the beginning. I know that every season says that it's best friend race, but we really did support each other. We, whenever, when someone was low, we picked them up. And when someone was doing their damnedest, we were the ones cheering them on. So I definitely think that's a huge thing for our season, for sure. My biggest thing is that we're all so very different in what we do that, that you can't really compare one to the other because everyone yes. is pretty at the top of their game at what they do. So I think fans are going to be able to get a wide range and perspective of drag because each and every one of us, as you can see right here, we're all bringing something different. It's... Yeah. it's- the tagline should be RuPaul's Drag Race season 14, Chaotic Tranquility, because we're all yes. chaotic. <laughs> we're also all, yes. all at peace. Who, us? Yes, we're, we're, we're chaotic, but we're at peace with that. So Chaotic yes. Tranquility is the title of season 14. Well, that is quite the tease. Fortunately, you don't have to wait very long. RuPaul's Drag Race season 14 starts its engines tonight at 8 on VH1. And finally this weekend, let's throw it back to my Ambiolic for the answer to our trivia question. The Tender Bar director George Clooney has been nominated for Oscars in six different categories, a record he shares with what Best Director winner? Steven Soderbergh, Alfonso Cuaron, or Robert Redford? The answer is Alfonso Cuaron. Clooney has been nominated for Best Picture, Director, Actor, Supporting Actor, Original Screenplay, and Adapted Screenplay, while Cuaron has received nods for Best Original and Adapted Screenplay, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Film Editing, and Best Cinematography. Fun fact, the only other person to be nominated in six separate categories, Walt Disney. And there you have it. Mayim, thank you again so very much. That's our show for this weekend. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you on Monday, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Senior TV Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great weekend. What to Watch. This episode of What to Watch was written by Tyler Aquilina and Callie Shep. Edited and produced by Joshua Heller, hosted and produced by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Krokmal.